Good evening, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. I'd like to welcome the masters of the ones and twos, my partner Wayne, and I am Steve, the editor and engineer. We hope you enjoy tonight's topics of discussions because we're going to say it the way we see it. Welcome back. I am Steve. And I am Wayne. And welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. Great to be here tonight. As we were talking before we came on air, the weather is changing. Fall is in the air. And it's getting crisp. Uh, and, uh, that's what we're working with out here in the uh, in the West. And uh, understand you guys are going to have some weather changes uh, in your neck of the woods here pretty soon. Yeah, just uh, less than a week. Uh, this time last week, I mean, it's amazing that the leaves hadn't changed. They hadn't started falling off the trees. And then the past couple of days, damn leaves are falling all over the place. <laughs> and it's 80, got up to 80 today. And it's supposed to get down in the 60s and 50s in the next few days. Wow. So that's going to be a big change. I <clears throat> I have to change my uh, my changed from my summer running gear to my winter running gear. So when it gets below probably 55 degrees, I got to put on my long running pants and uh, a running sh- a long sleeve shirt. And then put, since it's dark now, when I get out run, I got to put my reflectors on and I, I, I'll run with a headlight so people don't be running wow. into me. Wow. Because you know, I, I don't I don't run on the sidewalks. I just can't because the sidewalks are so uneven. Right, right. So I, I tease people. I said, I run these streets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, that's uh, besides uh, had snow a couple of weeks ago early. But besides snow, man, another thing I hate is raking leaves. I hated raking leaves as a kid and I still hate it. So now that the that the leaves are falling off the trees, man, it's you got to get the rakes out. It's like, oh god! No, you don't. Get you a mulching mower. A mulching mower. A See, mulching I, think I mower. you know what? I'm not sure if my mower mulches or not. Let me tell you something. I bag leaves once. Yeah. And I bag maybe in the house that we're in right now. Yeah. My my whole backyard is just trees that are like 70 feet tall, right? And so, um. I bagged leaves the first year I was in the house. I said, shit, I'm not doing this ever again. So I bought an attachment for my old lawn boy that I had, and I put that in there, and I mulched up leaves. And when I bought a new mower, I bought a, a mower that mulch. And I don't care how many leaves are out there on the ground. By the time I'm finished cutting the yard, you can you couldn't tell there's a leaf you couldn't tell there's a, a leaf had been out there. Wow. You just cut huh. them up into little bitty tiny pieces, man. And you never have to bag another leaf. Okay. I refuse to bag leaves. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did that as kids and did it Did it now as, a, as an adult. It's like, I hate leaf bagging and raking. So I have to check my lawnmower out. It might mulch and I just don't know it. <laughs> Yeah, mulch that, mulch that stuff up, man. It, it mulch it. Yeah. Okay, I'll you check it out. Yourself a lot of time and headaches. You don't have to worry about bags, 
nothing. You couldn't tell that you even even had leaves on your ground. Now, mm-hmm. the one thing that you do have, you will have to do, like I do it anyway, because I don't mind doing it, is that I may uh, mulch the leaves up every couple of days so oh, okay. the Lord doesn't bog down. But shoot, mulching is is the king, man, right there. Okay, all right. Yes, Appreciate sir. that lawn care tip, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> I can give you tips on that. Yeah, yeah, I need one. Need one. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh what do we got what do we got going on tonight, my friend? Tonight, uh well we got a got a couple of uh things in uh memorials to talk about. And of course we want to talk about the uh the grand jury decision that came down last week uh in the Brianna Taylor case. And uh we want to talk about uh MJ. Uh not Michael Jackson, but uh Michael Jordan. Mary J. Blige? Who is that now? Mary J. Blige? Not Mary J. Blige. <laughs> MJ, his heiress. I know, I know. <laughs> his heiress uh is in the news because uh he has purchased a NASCAR Cup team. Um and so we want to talk about that a little bit. And then we want to uh you know, it's a, a Hispanic Heritage Month, and so we want to chat about that too. So, Hola, so come tonight. That's what we're working with tonight. And um I think the first memorial we'll talk about and I'll let you let you uh, I'll throw this one over to you since uh, you are a football coach, played the game quite extensively. Uh, the great Gail Sayers passed this week. And so I'll let you kick it off, man. Uh, what are your thoughts, reflections on the great Gail Sayers? Wow. Yeah. Gail Sayers. I think he went. I think he played at Kansas, if I remember, in college. And he was a revolutionary as far as uh, the black running backs in the NFL. Uh, He was um, fast. He was very uh, swift on his feet. Uh, He was hard to tackle because he... he, um, had so much agility and once he got started it was you couldn't catch him once once he got in the open field so he played for the Chicago Bears and he did well enough to be the youngest person ever uh, elected to the National Football League Hall of Fame and he played I, I I don't know the number of seasons right off the top of my head. It may have been nine seasons, somewhere around there. And um, he was well known for having a friendship with Brian Piccolo. And it was a Chicago Bear uh, teammate of him, of his. And um, Brian Piccolo was diagnosed with cancer. And they became very, very close friends. And eventually they wrote a book and made a movie about the relationship between Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers. And it was called um, Brian's Song. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he was a awesome running back. He was awesome, uh, awesome ambassador to the National Football League. Uh, he was a fraternity brother of mine. Uh, just a just a. 
a great individual and an ambassador for the sport, the sport of football. And uh, he be he'll be well missed. You know, as 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 we get older, all the legends that came before us, you know, whether it's football, basketball, they're all, you know, starting to pass on. Yeah. You know, he was in his seventies. Yep. Which is not much older than we are. You know, hell, yep. we're in our mid, early to mid sixties. <laughs> Don't remind me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was he was one of those guys. And of course, you, when you think about football, you want to think about the Chicago Bears, and you know George Hallis and what he did for professional football. One of the one of the original coaches of professional football. So, yeah, Gail Sayers. Yep, yep. Um, as you mentioned, man, a lot, a lot of these guys, man, that we grew up watching on TV, you know, whether we, we've talked quite a few, but talked about quite a few of them here in the past couple of podcasts, man, you know, legends of their sports. And, you know, here's Gail Sayers, you know, watching uh, watching the Bears back in the day on, uh, you know, the, the NFL game of the week on Sunday afternoon, black and white television. And uh, those are the, you know, what I call probably the uh, the golden era of football, man. You know, those were uh, those Chicago Bear teams. um Gail Sayers, Dick Butkus, uh, Ditka, all those guys, and Hallis owned the team as well. So, but that was a golden era of football, and uh, played for the Bears for from 1965 to 71. So not that long of a career, uh, but his career was stellar enough that, like you said, man, the youngest guy. Uh, elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, if, if there's one sports movie, if there's one sports movie, man, that brings a tear to your eye. Yeah. It's got to be Brian's song. I mean, man, I, I can't watch that movie. <laughs> you know, it just gets you, man, because um, those two guys formed a, a friendship, man, that was unlike any other man it was just you just felt the sincerity coming through the screen when you're watching that movie man it it, it always gets you man right in your chest and um james con yeah james con played uh, uh billy played d Brian williams Piccolo, billy yeah. d williams yeah played gail sayers and uh again um a great great athlete and a ambassador uh for the nfl and uh, yes he will be missed so uh rest in peace uh mr gail sayers yeah yep. Yep. um the next memorial um, is sort of in my realm since I always throw out something musical and during the podcast, uh, Pamela Hutchinson. And if you're not familiar with Pamela Hutchinson, uh, the uh, Hutchinson sisters are better known as the Emotions. And the Emotions were a top R&B female group back in the 70s, the 80s. Pamela Hutchinson, Hutchinson passed away um, last week at the age of 61. Uh, the emotions, I don't think they get sometimes the credit that they deserved as a R&B group in the 70s and 80s. Um, you probably remember most people, if you think of the emotions, you think of Best of My Love. Uh, yep. that, was, that was their jam back in the day. They did Boogie Wonderland with Earth, Wind and Fire. Yep. But they had an album 
uh, I think it was just called Emotions. Emotions, yes. And on that on that album is truly, I think, one of the one of the best tracks um, they did, besides Best of My Love. But there's a track called Flowers, and uh, mm-hmm. that that is a cut, man. That that song is tremendous. And I think Don't Ask My Neighbors is on that album as well. So yes. Yeah, so um, great, uh, great group as female groups go. Uh, but uh, rest in peace uh, to Pamela Hutchinson. Your your thoughts on the emotions? Um, wow. Uh, yeah, when we were in high school, probably about the time that we were probably sophomore, juniors, or seniors somewhere around yes. there, is when they broke out the emotions. And then later on, I think I think I was in the Coast Guard. Um, they were also the disco era, and uh, they were well known. Uh, that that first album was their biggest uh, hit because they were so fresh, yep. they were so new, and then um, they also got got a lot of credit for doing Boogie Wooger, Boogie Wonderland with Earth, Wind, Fire. Yep. And um, I, I saw an interview with. Uh, Members of Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, Verdine, Philip Bailey, and Ralph Johnson, they were talking about, you know, when they got to that disco era, they had to make a decision on um, continue to be R&B or to do a, a, a change and go the disco route a little bit. They didn't particularly care for it, but that's what was popular right, at the time. Right. So that's where they hooked up with the emotions and did the boogie boogie wonderland uh cut. Yeah. And and Verdine said that he didn't really care for it, but because the beat was so fast and you know, Verdine, you know, played the bass. Right. And right. it was it was a lot different for him. So but it became one of their biggest hits, biggest crossover hits. Uh at the time and made both uh, groups, you know, tons of tons of money for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But they were a great, great R&B group. And um, you said that it was Pamela Hutchinson. Pamela was, Hutchinson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 61 years old. It's hard to believe that old, yeah. she yeah. was younger than us. <laughs> yeah. yeah so she had to, she had to be <laughs> like, I don't know, an, in her early teens probably right, right. when they got started. Yeah, well, they they were young girls, you know. They 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 started out as the Hutchinson Sunbeams, you know. So they were young girls singing, you know. As a lot of R and B groups, they were singing in the in the church, and yeah, they they were, you know. She's sixty one, man. Gosh, yeah. When we were we were coming up, yeah, she was early teens probably. So wow. So you you mentioned something before we get to the next topic. You mentioned uh, you know at the time Earth Wind and Fire was looking to change whether or not they were deciding whether are they going to follow the R and B path or are they going to jump on the disco train uh, that was that was hot at the time, and they made that decision to bring the emotions on board. But I I throw out to you, my friend, if you were if you we we lived up we we lived during the disco era we grew up during the disco era yes sir brownsville and, texas <laughs> uh, it, it is my opinion a lot of the music that people was calling disco i i want to go on record here saying a lot of the music that people saying was disco was straight up r and b oh yeah 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 straight it up was just, it you was know. it was r and b i agree with you 100% <laughs> 
It was R&B. It's just that when you uh, take Van Morrison and throw in there in uh, in his uh, oh gosh oh help me with the song oh uh, you're talking about the Van, Van McCoy the hustle Van, yeah the hustle yeah. yeah the hustle changed everything and that was kind of the signal of the disco era and so what ends up happening is that the disco era kind of was influenced by we're going to be talking about the Hispanic American uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. A lot of people in the Southwest, in the South, especially uh, in Texas, Arizona, and so on, and and even in New York, Studio 54 and so on, in the um, Latin parts of New York City, they started really doing salsa-type dancing, and they took R&B, and out of that came disco yeah and 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 so it was a great influence of r&b latin music and 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 um combined to create disco and yep. earth wind and fire just said hey this is this is what's hitting right now let's do it and a lot of those songs were uh, uh r&b songs for sure yep. you're 100 yep. percent correct on that yep yep absolutely Cool. Just wanted to throw that in as a sideline. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, we lived it. Yeah, I, we 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 I, lived it. We were there. I <laughs> danced it a lot down in Brownsville, Texas. I, you oh, know, going man. to the clubs and going doing the disco and the hustle and all that. Absolutely, Shoot, man. Those those were the formative years for us. That's it. You know, That's 19, it, man. 19, 20 years old. Yep. You know, living on your own yep. in South Texas. Ooh, I remember those days. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Hanging out at the uh, the Airmen's Club, the NCO Club on base, Fridays and Saturday nights, man. That's, that was the spot, man. <laughs> that was the spot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Good times. Yes, sir. So, um, so one of, you know, those two memorials, what we had for tonight, uh, again, rest in peace to Mr. Gail Sayers and Miss Pamela Hutchinson. So, as we uh, know or we heard uh, last week, uh, the grand jury decision came down uh, in the case of Breonna Taylor. And uh, I, I don't know about you, man. I, I, I was just matter of fact, I should have known what the what the outcome was going to be. I think pretty much every black person in America, even though we held out hope, as Jesse says, we were keeping hope alive. But uh, I think we knew what the outcome was going to be. It didn't make hearing it you know, that much easier to deal with because, you know, it truly tells you that um, black lives don't matter. I, I, if you if you don't didn't believe that before, this is another clear reason that black lives do not matter in this country. Uh, your thoughts? Well, you know, hope isn't eternal for the black community. Uh, the only time that that's ever been different was OJ. Um, As you mentioned, uh, I felt that the grand jury wasn't going to do anything uh, with that. And it's just like, okay, we know they're not going to do anything. So everybody's making this big deal about it when 
you know, you're setting yourself up to get your feelings hurt. Yep. And um, the thing that that I'm not upset about that concerns me is the fact that the attorney general of the state of Kentucky politicized it. Yep, absolutely. You know, he's he came out and basically said that the people that are in our state that are talking about the state of Kentucky, the people that are in our state are here to cause problems and our justice is our justice and you guys should stay the hell away. So it kind of belittled people that are interested in the case. And so therefore, uh, um, you know, it's, it's disheartening when you know that Breonna Taylor was shot five or six times and she's not getting any justice. You know that it's wrong when the person, her, her boyfriend that was with her in the middle of the night, somebody wakes you up coming through your door. You shoot at them because you think you're being broken in. You have um, the right to carry law, right to protect yourselves, and you do so. But the rights that you use to protect yourself is trumped by the rights of the police officers to say that they protect themselves. So according to according to the attorney general or the grand jury that the police officers officers felt that their lives were in jeopardy so they can't be held accountable. Well, the boyfriend and Brianna's felt that their lives were in jeopardy too. So they just negate negate one over the other. And whenever that happened, the police be given that right to do that because all they have to say is that my life was threatened. Okay. And I said this before, Wayne, this is, and, and, and the other thing is that the city of Louisville paid the parents of Breonna Taylor, $12 million. So you knew right then and there that they weren't going to convict those guys because we've paid them $12 million. So that's not going to happen. And I still say this. I think we should make every police officer take out an insurance policy that's worth at least $20 million. It's going to have a $15,000. If their deductible is $20,000. If their deductible is $20,000 or $30,000 or $50,000, then it does two things. Number one, they may not take someone's life you know, so quickly. And the other things, it is going to take the city off the hook. You know, the city is paying $12 million. The city shouldn't pay it. The city's paying the officers, of course, but let's right. put it on the officers now. Okay. Doctors have to pay uh, medical insurance, malpractice insurance. Well, hell, let's make police officers pay a malpractice insurance. If they're killing somebody, you know, and, and the other sad thing is that Three officers or two officers weren't charged. The other officers was charged for endangering somebody in a different apartment. Yeah. But yet that officer isn't 
endangering Brianna uh, 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 Taylor's life. She's got five or six bullets in her. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 my thoughts initially. No, it, it's I I concur with you, man. It, it's how can you you know you you shoot in you shoot into somebody's house and kill somebody, but. That's not endangering them. I mean, you got to explain that to me. You're not endangered them. She's dead. But we're going to convict you for shooting into somebody else's apartment. And it just stunk, man. And I, I told my wife, I said, they made the announcement a couple of days prior that they were locking Louisville down. And I told my wife, I said, they already know. They already yep. know they're not going to do anything. That's why they're locking the city down. That's why they're telling people in advance, because they already know what they're going to say. And, um, you know, some comments were made on the Internet about the AG in Kentucky. You know, the fact that and, 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 and someone put it quite well. You know, yes, he is black. But this isn't about you being black and you, you know, necessarily standing up for justice for this black woman. No, it's about doing the right thing. Black, white, red, or green. It's about doing the right thing. And so he failed in that. In my opinion, he failed miserably, man. Yeah. To say that, that these three guys, these three officers, this woman is dead, but no one is liable. I mean, come on, no one's liable. And I, I concur the $12 million that the city of Louisville paid to uh, Ms. Taylor's family, some of that should have came out of the pocket of those cops. And and if we in, and, you know implemented something like that across the country, it might change the attitudes of a lot of these officers who are quick to shoot and ask questions later, you know. Um, but sad, 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 sad decision. And I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. I think um, Ben Crump, uh, one of the attorneys for the family, uh, he is now pressing for the uh, results of the grand jury to be made public. What what exactly yeah. was presented to them? Well, because something tells me they didn't get probably the whole story. You know yeah. that that's you just got that feeling that they were not presented the whole story. And then I saw uh, the governor uh, Andy Bashir was on, uh, and he made comment that this case is not over. So we may have something else coming down the pike here soon uh, as it pertains to the case. But it is a sad day for um, uh, Breonna Taylor's family uh, that, you know, basically she's dead and no one's responsible. And that's yeah. bullshit. That's bullshit. You know, the the thing that can be done, which will be under our our attorney general of the United States, which is a lapdog, is that even though that they can't. They're not going to uh, file criminal charges against the police. They can use civil rights laws because yep. Breonna Taylor had the right to live. That's right. You know, she had the right to make a living for the rest of her life or until she was, you know, 62, 65 to draw Social Security. Right. The money that she would have made and she's going to be a firefighter or what? uh uh, EMT, EMT yeah. the, the money that she would have made for, for those next, they need to pay her for that. Yep. They need to, they, they need to, they need to bring civil rights charges against those officers because they took away her civil rights. 
Yeah. Now, yep. once again, going back to the United States Attorney General, all those civil rights laws, all that stuff is off the books because of the person that we have as the Attorney General uh, to the United States. I mean, th- he's not going to do anything about that. No. You know, he he is he is he is the worst Attorney General the United States has ever had, as far as I'm concerned. You know, because he's not doing his job. He's only looking out for the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Anything yep. that guy wants to do, the, the attorney general of the United States is doing it. It's he he is the current occupant's personal lawyer yep. and he should be the lawyer of the people of the United States. And he's failing miserably in that part. Right, right. Right. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, my friend. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate uh, that, yes, um, her civil rights, in my opinion, as you said, her civil rights were violated. And another thing, um, Mr. Walker, the boyfriend, yep. you mentioned earlier, you know, somebody breaking up in your house at one or two o'clock in the morning, especially you're, you're asleep and you hear your door break, you know, somebody crashing through your door. You don't know what the hell's going on. As any other person would like, hey, let me grab my gun. I got a permit. Somebody's breaking in my house. As you said, he has a right to defend his property. But again, the Second Amendment don't apply to black folks. You know, he he shot because he thought somebody's breaking in, but he has no rights to defend his property, his girlfriend's in the house, his rights null and void. But the cops' rights trump his, as you said, and that that's ridiculous, man. And so uh, I hope there is an outcome, uh, a positive outcome in this story uh, for Brianna's family. Um, they deserve justice. Uh, this is a travesty. The AG in Kentucky, he took the coward's way out in this decision. And I hope somehow that the, the transcripts of the grand jury are opened so we can see what the hell did you tell these people? What did you present to these people for them to come back with a decision as ludicrous as that that decision is? So fortunately, I think what's been going on in the city around the country, for the most part, the protests have been peaceful. I've been watching them uh, around the country, things that have been going on. There's been a little violence here or there, but for the most part, the protests have been peaceful. Let's hope they stay that way. You know, a lot of this is all, Wayne, a lot of this is all connected to Trayvon Martin. Yes. Because, you know, after Trayvon Martin, all these states started adopting these stand your ground laws. Yep. There there weren't any stand your ground laws until they adopted that stuff down in Florida. And then George Zimmerman took this young kid's life. And then all these states said, well, we have these Stand your ground laws. You know, the Second Amendment says that we can stand our ground. That just gives people the excuse that they can kill somebody and and, and say that I was standing my ground. It right. just gives somebody the excuse that now we can have more weapons out there yep. in the public. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Because I'm protecting my I'm protecting my 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 property, my family, whatever. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I have yep. no problem with that. Hell, I have weapons in my house. Right. OK, but, you know, somebody breaks through my my house. I, I'm going to I'm going to defend my my family. I'm going to defend us. Right. OK, but but I would wager I would wager that you standing your ground, <laughs> you standing your ground is not going to be looked upon the way 
as um, as as Mr. Whomever, who yep. who is of another persuasion, uh, standing their ground. You know, you're automatically going to see the worst end of that because yep. to me, that law don't apply to you or anybody who right, looks right. like you or I. Stand your ground. I don't s- apply to us. <laughs> don't apply I to us. I said that to my next. I said that to my next door neighbor. For some reason, my next door neighbor comes over and. Sometimes just drive me crazy about grass seed, lawn care stuff. And so I, that this person came over and I was telling Lynn, I said, you know, this person did something to make me click because I went off, <laughs> not mean off, but I just started bringing up things. And that's one of the things I brought up. And I, we're talking about Brianna Taylor. I brought that up. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 this person said, well, my spouse has a, a, a gun and he has a right uh, uh, concealed carry. And I said, I have a concealed carry also. But the difference is if your husband takes his concealed carry out someplace, he's probably going to come back. If I take my concealed carry out someplace and the cops stop me, the chances of me coming back is going to be maybe 40, 60. Yep. That's just how it is. Yep. So you can't, we can't equate, you know, there's equality with standard ground laws because there is not, as you mentioned. Okay. Yep. It's just, there is no equality with that. Nope. Nope. You're automatically, I mean, you're already a threat without a weapon. So now that you do have, uh, for example, Philando Castile. Philando Castile is a prime example. You know, you pull me over for whatever reason, traffic violation, whatever. And then I'm telling you, hey, by the way, officer, I'm letting you know I have a concealed carry permit. I'm going to show that to you. And I'm reaching for a permit because I'm telling you and I'm complying with your request, but I end up dead. Yeah. You know, I end up dead. So the Second Amendment, stand your ground. It's only for a certain segment of our population. And you and I know that I I, I would wager that if you or anybody else, well, we already know Mr. Walker, he's, he was protecting his, his girlfriend. He's protecting his apartment. Because he don't know who the hell is breaking his door down at one or two o'clock in the morning, but there were, those rules don't apply. Those rules don't apply. His rights mean nothing. So um, we can beat this horse to death, you know. But we know the deal. We we know there yeah. are two justice systems in this country, and uh, it's a shame that uh, we know a lot of times what the outcome is going to be in a lot of these cases when black and brown people are involved. We already know the outcome. You know, we, we don't need to wait weeks and weeks for a decision from the grand jury. We already know what the answer is going to be. And uh, we we waited, you know, to see what Louisville was going to do. But we already knew in our hearts that nothing's yes. going to happen to these guys. We already knew that. And that's sad. Right. That's sad. So. Yep. All right. Um, any uh, any other comments before we segue to the next story on the no. grand jury decision? Oh, man, I think uh, we. uh you know, the grand jury is supposed to do its job, but, you know, it's supposed to be in secret, but you can still get the transcript uh, testimonies. So hopefully uh, 
Benjamin Crump can get that, and at least it'll show some transparency, uh, and it'll also give us some idea of how the Attorney General of Kentucky uh, approached the the case. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm I'm you know it's just there's many other things that that I want to say about the Attorney General, but I'm not. I'm gonna be kind tonight. <laughs> Yeah, he he. Yeah, I, I think we, we we don't need to uh, dwell on him. Um, you know, him and his fake tears. He's up there crying, and you know, you just got to keep reading. Well, I'm a black man. I'm, please, please, please spare us, <laughs> spare us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, we'll leave it at that. And uh, let's talk about another black man. <laughs> Um, this one, man, was really surprising. Um, saw this earlier in the week um, in Black Enterprise magazine. Um, MJ, Michael Jordan, uh, is entering the world of NASCAR. And I'm like, wow. Uh, he's already um, the only majority owner of uh, the Charlotte Hornets in the NBA. Now he's moving into NASCAR. And he is partnering with Denny Hamlin, and they are going to uh, uh, purchase a NASCAR Cup Series uh, team, sponsor or basically own a NASCAR Cup Series team. And their driver is going to be none other than Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. You know, he's not the he's Michael isn't the first person to get into the Cup Series because Randy Moss had a truck team for several that's right. years. That's right. And so, that is right. So, uh, yeah, Randy Moss had a, a, a truck team for several years. I don't know if he still has that team or not, yeah, but this was that. probably eight or nine years ago. He had a, 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 a Winston Cup or whatever the series is now, NASCAR truck team. Okay. And uh, yeah, Michael's just throwing his hand in there you know he's from you know most of the nascar uh cup teams are based out of north carolina his home state so yeah he's not going to do anything that's not going to be profitable for him that's for sure right right so i'm sure his driver is going to be wearing uh air (laughs) he's going to have they're going to have an air jordan uh fire suit on yeah they're going to be wearing a helmet with uh his airness on the side. Yeah, the jump man uh, logo sure. or whatever. Yep. Bob, Bubba Wallace is gonna have a jump man, I'm sure, on the on the roof. Yeah. And on yeah. the back. Yeah. And and probably will have and will probably start knowing knowing MJ, he will probably develop some air racing shoes. <laughs> that's you know what? That's probably true. <laughs> Oh, he, he's not going to do it unless he's going to have some racing shoes as part of that. You know, that that's, is, that is probably he's, true. He's going to have some racing shoes. That's for sure. <laughs> but I think that's great. You know, uh, I think the idea that Bubba Wallace is going to uh, join with him. Uh, you know, some people when uh, they left the noose in Bubba Wallace's uh, garage. Uh, we talked about this before that, you know. And and folks just are hateful, you know, yeah. and, and then they said, well, it wasn't anybody that left it there on purpose or it wasn't a, a racial thing. 
and then they soon they supported him immediately, and then they turned. Some of those the so-called NASCAR fans that are you know the people that support the current occupant, you know, then they all then they booed him and so on and drove him out. Well, yeah. let him let him go with MJ. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's fine. If MJ is going to sponsor him, he's going to put money into it. Uh, I, I hope that he gets the best equipment out there. You know, he gets the Chip Ganassi uh, equipment or Roger Penske type equipment and, mm. and so on so that they can compete and not just have one car in order to, to compete in, 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 in NASCAR. Uh, you have to have a bit, you have to have deep pockets and you have to have the right people to work for you. And you have to have, uh, a lot of money to rebuild these cars. So yeah. I wish him the best. And, Absolutely. and Denny Hamlin, who's uh, Denny Hamlin, you know, he's a, he's a good racer. Yep. Uh, I think he's from, I think he's from Indiana too. Uh, but, uh, He's he's a racer. That's those two guys teaming up together. Uh, that'll be that'll be great. They get a good crew chief. You know, settle for someone that's just getting in there. Go right. out and get the best. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's going to make yep. them successful. Get the best equipment. Okay. And um, let it fall as it goes. Because you know, yep. Bubba Wallace finished second in the Daytona 500 in. Um, when was that? 2016, maybe. So, and was close to, so, so you know, he can drive. And, and NASCAR wants to uh, do more to bring in uh, minorities to the program. And some of those guys that came in with Bubba Wallace that were uh, minorities, they're doing well as, as, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I give MJ all the props. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, absolutely, man. I think, uh, you know, this will help change the image of NASCAR, um, you know, bringing in more minorities. Uh, the fact that MJ's involved, I think that is a big draw. And um, there won't be any corners cut as far as, you know, spare no expense because he's going to have the top equipment, man. Whatever he needs, it, it's going to be available to him. And I think when I was when I was reading this, man, uh, MJ's been interested in driving for years because he said his dad uh, took him to races um, in North Carolina growing up yep. as a kid, took him to the racetrack all the time. So it's something he's been interested in for a long, long time. And so teaming up with Danny Hamlin, like you said, he's a driver. So um, you've got somebody with deep pockets, has the financial means uh, to put a good product out there on the track. Uh, probably one of the most still, even though he's not playing anymore, still one of the most recognizable athletes in the world. So this is a win-win, I think, for NASCAR, and um, it, it should be great, man. Uh, the, 2021 is when the uh, when the team's going to roll out. So looking forward okay. to see how that goes, and the fact that they've got now he has had he I, I think he had dabbled in motorcycle racing. Also, he had a team. Yeah, for a short yeah. period of time. Yeah. And believe it or not, I've seen MJ in Indianapolis on okay. a motorcycle. He okay. he would he would ride from Chicago down to Indy. Okay. 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 On a bike. And so, so he's always had motorcycles. Okay. And you know, you 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 can't 
live in the South and not see stuff about NASCAR. Hell, I, I've watched NASCAR or an IndyCar, anything that has four wheels that go fast or two wheels that go fast. I've always <laughs> watched it. If it's motor racing. Yeah. You know, so I think this is it's it's great that he's gonna do it. And I I I hope him I wish him to have all the success and um able to break barriers. Barriers have been broken. Now there are gonna be some NASCAR fans that are going to be your tradi- traditional, you know, good old boys, even though Bill France is trying to change uh, NASCAR around. A lot of people are upset that they said that Confederate flags are banned and so on like that. Well, people that are going to go to races are going to go to races. And right, right. I, I can guarantee you this, once we get past the COVID thing, uh, all racing is going to be, uh, it's going to be big for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I will say this. The only thing I don't like about NASCAR is the length of its season. Uh, it starts in February. It always starts out with the Daytona 500, and then it goes through November. Well, going through November is a waste of time. What they should do is go from February to Labor Day, because once Labor Day comes around, that's the beginning of college and professional football, that right. weekend. No one's going to be watching NASCAR on the weekends after Labor Day. Right. I, I, I'm a, one of the biggest NASCAR fans. And once football starts, I don't watch any NASCAR. I don't. So they could save money if they just went from February to Labor Day, crown their championships at Labor Day. Going into November, that's dumb. It's yeah. Just dumb. Yeah. You know, yeah. because the crowds, the crowds are going to be down because most of the crowds going to be watching football or going to be in the stands, you know, yeah. and so yeah. on. So yeah. when it comes back in 2021, you know, you know, I, I hope that NASCAR in the future cuts it back because no one watches in October and November. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. You know, they drag it out by having, you know, you get these special rights, you know, you've made it to you know, the championship series, but they're just dragging it out to make more money. They could have done that. If you start in February, go to go to Labor Day, get it over with, okay? It's going to save MJ some money as well. It's in another two months, another six or seven races. You know, that's money that they can save. So right, anyway, right. my thoughts. Yeah. Now, a lot of the seasons are clashing now. There, I mean, you've got all the seasons going all at once, man. I don't remember that as a kid. You know, things things were distinct. You know, baseball ended, football started, basketball started. There, there was some separation. Now everything just, it's all going on at once, man. It's, it's tough to keep yeah, up. Yeah, the, Ox- the month of October, uh, uh, it all, all hits at the same time. Yep, yep. Because football, hockey, basketball, NASCAR, all those things are going on at the same time. Yep, yep. You got you baseball, uh, baseball, and baseball into the World Series. <laughs> it's then, like, man, you know, baseball should have been over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, October is, is yeah. the month that you can watch every damn sport there is you just can. about. 
You can. Yeah, you can. And it's yeah. really off this year with COVID going on. You know, you've got the NBA finals here getting ready to start here probably in another week, which is October. Normally, the regular season would be getting ready to start. Season starts. Yeah. You know, so um, so since we're talking about sports, I got to throw out I got to throw out a couple of items, man, before we before we wrap up tonight. My Nuggets, man, my Nuggets were eliminated <laughs> last night by the Lakers. But, man, the Nuggets balled out this year. Uh, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the West, man. I have to have to give them some props, man. They ran out of gas last night. Uh, but yeah. they, they put on a furious comeback. They just couldn't overcome um, uh, LeBron and AD down the stretch. But they are the team of the future, man. LeBron's not going to be in the West forever. He's 35. He's probably got a couple more years left. But the Nuggets are on the rise, and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but they just just ran out of gas last night. But just wanted to shout them out. Uh, much love uh, to the Denver Nuggets for this year. Uh, my Seattle Storm, yep. they won today. They're on their way to the WNBA Finals. Um, great game today. They beat the um, Minnesota Lynx. Um, great game. Uh, so they'll await the winner of the Las Vegas Aces and the Connecticut Sun. And that series is, uh, well, it's win or go home Tuesday night, last game of that semifinal series. And the WNBA Finals will start this Friday night. So both my teams uh, did great. One uh, moved on, one went home. But uh, had to shout out those uh, Nuggets and the Storm. Uh, great, great seasons this year. Great season. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I, I've told you several times that you know I don't watch a lot of basketball anymore. It's just kind of, it just for some reason it just kind of turns me off. It's, yeah. It just has. I don't know why. Yeah, but I've yeah. always been a I've always been a Lakers fan. I mean, I yeah. was a Lakers fan, going all the way back to Elgin Baylor. Okay, and then you know, of course, the Big Dipper, yeah. and Jerry West, and you know, those guys, and of course, then you got the Showtime Lakers and that group that yeah. came yeah. through, you know, and then, and then Kobe and so on. But I would like to see you know LeBron and AD you know, win it this year. I would like to see that uh, simply because it, it's going to kind of be historic that this guy's going to win, going to be a, a leader on a team that's, if he, if they do win, that's one uh, NBA title teams, you know, that's, I think that's kind of historic. And the fact, I mean, other people has just hung around basketball you know, and they've been on teams, but they haven't been a LeBron, right? You right. know, on a, on a team, you know, who's been the main focus of the team, right? Right. You know, so I, I would like to see that happen simply because it would be kind of historic, um, and you know, just get them get through this and get out of the bubble so they can, yeah. you know, live yeah. their lives, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're if, taking all the precautions they can, but yeah, it's got to be a hardship on on yeah. you know, those families. Yeah, yeah. If the Lakers do win, which depending on who they play, I would like to see them play Miami. So Miami and Boston are playing tonight. Hopefully, Miami is going to win this game and and that series is over, and then they can go go ahead to the finals and play the Lakers. Uh, if the Lakers do win, there's another little uh, tidbit. 
um, in this in in this thing that um, Rondo is on the Laker team now. If the Lakers do win mm-hmm. the championship, he won the NBA championship with the Celtics. If they win it this year, he'll win with the Lakers. <laughs> mm. And you remember back yeah. in the day that Lakers Celtics series, those were some wars back in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, they were man, there was yeah. whew, man. And uh I was living in Boston during that stretch run, man, when the Lakers and the Celtics were pretty much playing for the NBA finals every NBA finals every year. I was living in Boston at the time. And I've never been a Laker fan. But I was rooting for the Lakers then because I didn't like the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I've never liked the Celtics either. I didn't like the Celtics. And uh so I was rooting for the Lakers to win, but man, those were some wars. So yeah. if the Lakers do win, Rondo played for the Celtics, got uh, that championship team in 2008. He was part yeah. of that team. And if they win, he'll he'll get a ring with the Lakers. So that that's a pretty interesting tidbit that he's played, played for uh, that both teams within that heated rivalry from back in the day. So but uh, I, I'm, I love the women's game, man. I've been watching it all the way through. And uh, it's it. Those ladies can ball, man. They they can flat out play. And so. It was a good game today, but my storm pulled it out. Uh, if you ever get a chance, if you do tune in, you need a little bored, you want to watch something, man, tune in. Uh, especially when this next series gets underway, the finals, Friday night. Brianna Stewart, man, she is a force. 6'5", uh, 6'4", six, six, smooth, just smooth, man. And she had 30-some points today. I mean, it made it look easy, but... Uh, those ladies, man, are very talented. Uh, play the game the right way. It's it's not a lot of hoopla. It's just good fundamental basketball. I think is why I'm sort of hooked on it now. You know, whereas you said guys' game, it's sometimes it's a little bit over the top, and uh, it doesn't yeah. thrill me like well, it. Hell, they're going. They're playing zones now. Yeah, they're playing zone. It? I mean, I'm like, when man, the NBA was about mano y mano. <laughs> yeah, and now they're playing yeah, now they're zone. Playing this zone. is some high school game or something. It's like, no, you got to get out here and play your man straight up, man. So, but yeah, and there's a lot of other things about the NBA that just irks me. Now, nobody ever fouls anybody, (laughs) you know? So uh, the women's game, it's just pure, man. And it's, it's fundamental basketball. And I think that's like, you know, I, I like watching these ladies play, man. So I've got, I've got a roster of ladies that I follow, and uh, my wife's like, you're watching WNBA? Yep. <laughs> I'm right here. Right here. Yeah. So I'm rooting for my Storm to uh, to pick up another title this year. So go Storm. So, okay. All right, my friend. Uh, a little bit All past right. the All right. top of the hour here. And uh, we want to mention uh, Hispanic Heritage Month uh, from uh, started in uh, started on 15 September, run through the middle of October. Uh, what are your reflections on Hispanic Heritage Month? Uh, anything hey, that man. jumps out? Well, you know, at, at one point in time, the uh, name Jones used to be the most populous name in the United States of America. Yeah. And Johnson was second. And then, I mean, Smith was second. And then Johnson was third. But right now, <clears throat> the last I can remember, Hernandez is the largest populated popular name in America now. So uh, the country, the demographics of the United States has changed. You have such an influence by 
uh, Hispanics or Latinos, uh, Latinx, however they want to call it. And um, it's it's something that is, um, as far as the United States go, they're making a huge contribution to uh, the United States of America. And so from September the 15th to sep- uh, October the 15th is Hispanic American Month, Heritage Month. And so I would like to say to all my Hispanic uh, brothers and sisters, you know, um, um, uh, we, we appreciate you. Uh, we know that you are hard workers. We know that you contribute to the United States. And I, I pray that you get out and vote in large numbers and uh, exercise your um, right to vote, even though the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue does not respect you, who wants to try to keep you from being a part of the American experience. And so I give plenty, plenty of props to you and wish you all the best in Hispanic um, Heritage Month. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the theme, the theme for this, uh, this year's Hispanic uh, Heritage Celebration, you know, be proud of your past and embrace the future. And, um, you know, it, it wants all people um, from Hispanic, um, you know, the Hispanic experience um, embrace your background, be proud of who you are and where you came from. And I think, you know, the the culture, the experiences, the fabric of this country that um, Hispanic people have brought to this country, man, cannot be denied. And uh, it's a it's a lot of the things, man, we share a lot of things um, you know, Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Latin American, we we share a lot of similar similar things, you know, um, and so we can identify a lot of times with their struggle and vice versa, and the fact that they aren't being respected uh, by the current occupant, uh, the ploy here for uh, what was it a week or so ago, three or four years after the hurricane hit Puerto Rico. And yes. the current occupant said that, you know, they're 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 one of the most corrupt countries in the world, uh, places in the world. And, you know, you all this foolishness. But yet you're, you're going to give them a 13 billion dollar aid package now. You know, the hurricane yeah. ravaged Puerto Rico, man. So I'm hoping that people can see through that, that this dude doesn't care about you, man. He doesn't care about he doesn't you. care. No, nope. doesn't care. And so I, th- I thought it was so funny to, 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 to show how stupid this guy is during the hurricane or after the hurricane. You might remember this after the hurricane. He had had a phone call and then he had one of his dumb press conferences. And in that press conference, he said, I just got off the phone with the president of Puerto Rico. <laughs> and people were like, What? Yeah, I just got off the phone with the president of Puerto Rico to, you know, assess the damage. And everybody's like, you're the president of Puerto Rico. (laughs) You're too stupid to know that Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States. You're the president. They're part of the United States. You're the president. I, I mean, I thought that was like, dude, you don't even know your own people. And it's sad. It's sad. So. 
I'm down with you, man. Um, Hispanic people have brought a lot to this country. They contribute. Uh, they share in the struggles uh, of this country. They're proud people. They work hard. And they've contributed just as much to the fabric of this country as anyone else has. So we salute all our Hispanic brothers and sisters this month, and we hope they have a celebration that's tremendous and um, more good things to come uh, in the future. And uh, again, go out there and vote. Let your voice be heard uh, here on November the 3rd. All righty. All righty. All right, my friend. Any final comments? We're a little bit past the hour. Up uh, top of the hour, so no, not really, not not much of anything. I just I just like to say that uh, you know, as we continue to move forward with our you know our broadcasts, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to tell you folks the truth best that we can. We're not gonna pull any punches, and I'm gonna end by saying this: we don't pull any punches because we see it the way. We see it. That's right. We say it the way we see it, and uh, you, you're, right. we, we we will never shy away from that. And uh, I think that's uh, you know that's our responsibility. And uh, again, if you disagree with anything we say, hey, you're welcome to come along, come on, and you know hit us up. Let us know you like to be a guest. We would love to have you on because we're an equal opportunity podcast. <laughs> So uh, hit us up. <laughs> hit us up. Let us know you like to share something, and uh, we're, we we'd love to have you on as a guest. So uh, it's been a pleasure tonight. Uh, we covered some interesting topics, some tough topics, um, you know. But uh, again, that's that's what we like to do. So uh, until the next time we meet across the tracks, uh, I am Wayne, and I am Steve. All right. And as I like to say in closing, Wakanda forever. <laughs> Chiliamo dopo. <laughs>